come to solve this murder. I'm your detective, Bill. And I'm your crime scene criminal and witnesses, Danny. We're doing a mini-mystery today. Well, hopefully. Hopefully a mini-mystery. Oh, it, like, I'm certain that it's not going to take more than two. We could well knock this out in one. This is another instance of you running a mystery. It's not an original murder mystery. This no. is an adaptation of yours of a... Agatha Christie story, but in this case, not a novel. No, it's one of the short stories this time. Back I think from a hundred years ago. A hundred year old <sighs> short crime short story. We've done one other short story, I think. Maybe two. Yeah. We did one. Uh, Mystery of Hunter's Lodge, I Hunter's think we Lodge. did once before. Now, did we do Hunter's Lodge as an official solve this murder? Or, <laughs> or was a bonus? Before? I believe that was in the boat. I think it may have been posted I since. I cannot remember. But that may have been a bonus for our patrons mm. for our other show, Escape This Podcast. Maybe. I can't remember. Or mm. I believe that's what it was. Uh, it may have ended up on this on this feed at some point. But yeah, so we've done a, a this is another, well, we're about to record, another little shorter version. Now, because it's a short story and not a novel, presumably it will not take as long to solve, which is why we're thinking mini mystery. One would hope. Yeah, not many locations, not many characters, not many questions that need answering. It's pretty contained in a small little... All right, well, we'll knock it out... In a neat little package. In one or two... Which is prescient. Uh, Lovely. Well, look, I'm, I'm ready to go for it. I'll tell you what, if it hasn't been posted, once we finish this mini mystery... Maybe I'll try and find the one from our old, old Patreon episodes and post that here. That's a good afterwards. idea. Unless we already have, in which case I hope you enjoyed it when we did that. <laughs> um, do we need much? Well, actually, I have a question for you before we start. Mm-hmm. In a lot of these recently, the last couple of Agatha Christie's that you've done, I've been, it's been the novels and we've been ah, doing Poirot novels. Yes. I've explicitly been Poirot mm-hmm. or Hastings, part of that pair of detectives. Yep. Are they the detectives in this context? They are the detectives in this one. And this has actually been very difficult for trying to choose an appropriate short story because in the short stories, Poirot is even more magic than usual. He just where he pulls just, out the answer. He just asks one question that is 100% out of nowhere that unravels everything and then that's the end. And, and who made that hat that you're wearing? Uh, what? We're talking about a homicide, Poirot. But tell me who made that hat. No, it wouldn't be so much who made that hat you're wearing. It's more like who made that hat that your wife across town is wearing. Ah, sure. Just pure magic. That, exactly. So therefore, this could be an 18-part mystery. Well, I tried to pick one (laughs) that didn't have that so much. It still does have one, to be honest, the way the story is written. Mm. But I think it's get-aroundable in a way that can make sense. Because, again, we talk about this a lot. That That is part of the difficulty of of going from a novel or a short story to a, a gamified version. Sometimes the detective just knows what to do yeah. and, and the audience doesn't. But in this case, the audience is the detective. So <laughs> I think I, Luckily, I trust this story, myself. This story has a lot of times of Hastings going, oh, so we should go this and do this. And Poirot goes, no, we just do nothing. We're fine. <laughs> so... Yeah. Well, am I canonically Hastings or Poirot? Your choice. Ooh. How well, was, cocky are you feeling? Look, I was Hastings last time. <laughs> and there's a lot less pressure when you're Hastings compared to when you're okay, Poirot. Okay, fantastic. So the, you can have a Poirot in, right. the, in the world to tell me off. If Poirot is off sick, which actually there is a fair reason that that could be the case. And so you are on your own with this one at the uh-huh. moment. All right. Well, shall we give the title? People have already read it, possibly, mm. but maybe they didn't look at the, they just saw it was a new episode. What is the name of this mystery? This short story is called The Million Dollar Bond Robbery. And before we really get into the action, I feel this is something we need to discuss. Are we allowed to do this? It's solve this murder, Danny. 
It's called Solve This Murder. This doesn't sound like a murder to me. You're right. There is no murder in this one that we know of at the start. Well, this is an insult (gasps) to our very format. (laughs) I think this isn't called Solve This Crime. It's a robbery of justice. Murder of justice. Yeah, murder of justice. Yeah, words. It's the murder of justice, Billy. All right. Okay. Okay. I don't think that holds up in court, but that's fine. None of our, none of these mysteries get to the court stage anyway. Exactly. Okay. So so already we're putting an asterisk on the title of our mm-hmm. of our podcast. This is now a solve this crime Great. bonus episode. Yep. So we've got asterisks. I had when I read this story a lot of question marks about this title. Okay. Namely, I didn't know what bonds were. I don't know enough about bonds either. They're back always back when I started making notes on this story, planning to run through this together, I did a lot of researching and looking up what different bonds were and how they worked and things. Of course, that was a while ago, so most of that knowledge is gone. So I'm only I left with say, bare bones memory. If I go on a gut feeling what bonds are, mm-hmm. bonds are like an IOU from the government mm-hmm. or a bank. It's like, look, if you allow us to kind of have your cash right now, Right, So by buying bonds, you give us money, we give you a piece of paper that says you can get your cash back later when you need it. That gives us bonds to money to use, like war bonds. Right? Exactly. It's like I give money to the army for a bit because they need it for the war with the promise they'll pay it back with interest. Or like Exactly. Perhaps kind of less interest than the best savings account yeah, could have gotten, but you're, you're helping your country. Duty. So bank bonds or bonds, it's a way to be like, these are pieces of paper that are basically IOUs for like, you can get your money back out of the bank when you cash this in. Because we needed the cash for a little bit, which I feel is not a thing anymore because banks just do that anyway. Like if you have money in a bank, they go, they just think, yeah, we're going to use this for whatever we want. <laughs> Deal with it, fool. If you need your money back, we'll find it somewhere. But we're going to invest all your money in whatever we can to make money out of it. So I don't know anything about about economics, or but that's my feeling. Mm. They're basically IOUs from a bank. I would have assumed that these were war bonds, but I'm going with the story was published in 1923 and does not give an indicator of what year it is set. So I don't know if this is currently in war or just post-war. Well, yeah, maybe it's the idea that these were war bonds that now you could cash <laughs> in if you wanted. Well, that's... I don't know how that works. Sorry. If you know about bonds and listening to us talk about them is making you go crazy, I apologize. <laughs> Feel free. You know what? Often people say, don't send me a, a, an email about it. Please send me an email about it. If, you didn't, if you've got a really good in-depth understanding of bonds, a thing which I haven't looked up at all, Feel free to just, you know, send it across. I don't think it's going to make much difference to this crime. I think we just got to treat them like it's a lot of money. Yeah. Moral, well... We'll find out. It will certainly be relevant in way, in if many during, ways. If during my investigation I find it very necessary to find out the ins and outs of bonds, I'll look it up. Hmm. I'll Google with the idea that Hastings goes to an encyclopedia yeah. at the time. Well, I'm going to say, yeah, it probably seems like this is a time where bonds are being given back in return for money because there's been a bit of a wave of them being stolen lately. Sure. It's making the newspapers, and the most recent one is the London and Scottish Bank had a million dollars worth of them Ooh. stolen. Okay. Oh, are we into the mystery now? Oh, yeah. Okay, so we gotta, we gotta, you got to give me some time, Danny. Hold on. Reset. I'm going to give some, like, theming music. Okay, let's go. <laughs> the London and Scottish Bank, most, this is the biggest, most recent high-profile case you've read about it in the newspaper. And they lost a million dollars worth of Liberty Bonds while on a transfer. Okay. And they've got no idea what happened. And it has nothing to do with you, except that it makes you think, oh man, maybe we should be criminals instead. It seems to be so lucrative. That feels right. And you get a knock at the door. And it is a young woman, about 25. Uh, not even going to go into how Hastings describes her. It's, it's brief, but not still nice, upsetting. Sure. Oh, it's nice. It's well, too nice. Too nice. 
And uh, she has a card that is presented to you. Miss Esme Farquhar. Esme Farquhar. That's Esme with two E's, the first one with an accent over it. Well, the second one with an accent yeah. over it. Farquhar. I, I like that you mm. tried to, you spelled Esme for me, but not Farquhar. Oh, yeah, give it a go. F-A-R. Yeah. Q. Yeah. U. Yes. A-R. H-A-R. There's an H after yeah. the Okay. Farquhar. Gives me a card. Wait, did the card say Emily Farquhar? Yes, it's okay. just showing well, Esme, that she Esme. is who she says she is. Wonderful. I'll take a pocket card. And uh, she tells you, look, I just wanted to have a meeting with you, see if you could help me out here. It's kind of a big problem. What's your problem? Well, I assume you read about this million-dollar bond robbery that just <laughs> I happened. Ju- I just read about it in this morning's y- paper. Yeah, everyone did. And I'm sure you're asking, what do I have to do with these banks and all of that I seriousness? Uh, look, it's not 100% related to me, but um, my fiancé is Philip Ridgway. Philip Ridgway? Of the Glastonbury Ridgeways? Sure. He's a pretty high up employee at this bank, and the bonds were in his possession when they were stolen. Oh, no. And um, his uncle is one of the heads of the bank, and it's starting to say he must have been careless about how he was looking after them and like, let it slip that he was carrying them and all of that, and it's going to be horrible for his career. I'm worried he might get fired. Well, fair enough. Or he stole them, and he's a terrible criminal. You'd, you, that would be bad for you as well. Maybe good for you if you like criminals. But That would be devastating for me. Well, you have a million but dollars. But I also guarantee you that's not the case. He has been worried sick about this. All right. And you'd like me to try and prove that he didn't steal them? Yeah, absolutely. That would be fantastic. Or perhaps that he wasn't negligent? I know he wasn't negligent. Don't worry about that. All right. How much do you know about what happened? What I don't... I didn't read the whole newspaper article, obviously. I knew they'd get things wrong. Okay, here's what I know. Mm-hmm. I know that the London and Scottish Bank... <laughs> this is We're already into episode two. This is our recap. ...lost $1 million in Liberty Bonds while mm. they were in transit. But I don't know what form of transit. Were they on a train, a plane, an automobile? Oh, no. Uh, they were on the Olympia, the ship. They were on their way to New York. They were on a boat to New York. Yes. And uh, just for ju- just to express to you one of the more confusing aspects of bonds, as you know, the bank wished to extend their credits in America and for this purpose decided to send over a million dollars in Liberty Bonds. So does this mean that they were giving it to America so that American citizens could hand them in and get London money? Perhaps, or like I, I, maybe you bring them to America... As you're like, this is a million dollars worth of IOUs, but we haven't even been given the money for them yet, right? Mm. These just are fresh. going free to America? We take them to America, and now Americans can go up and they can say, I'd like to buy those bonds, so I get an IOU from the bank. I hope this is even close Which to is... bonds. And then, so they can basically, so they can loan out money in America with a guarantee to get it back. But then why would they be doing this possibly post-war? When people can get it back. I don't know if they're war bonds. I think they're just bonds. Yeah, okay. I don't understand non-war bonds then. I think it's just their way to to get money. (laughs) We we really should have looked up bonds. I did so much, but it was really hard. Either way, I think it allows them to operate in America this way. But I think if you steal them now, no one's paid for them. So it's like you've just stolen a million dollars from a bank. Mm. I think if they'd already sold them, they wouldn't care so much. I think you then go up to a bank and you say, here are my bonds. Can we cash these out? And then you get your money. 
It's interesting uh, the way that this seems to work because as far as I am aware, the bank knows which bond, like they know the serial numbers or whatever of the bonds that they have sent out. You right. cannot just go to the Bank of London and Scotland with these bills and get money for them. Interesting. Maybe you sell them on to people who don't know that? Like, I believe there are certain like uh, brokers in other locations that you can give them. There are middlemen. Sure. But I don't know how this then goes back to the bank. All right. Here we go. Please. This is just, this is just a, a, a little summary mm -hmm. for people working at home. Bonds are issued by governments or corporations. So let's go to corporations. When they want to raise money. By buying a bond, you're giving the issuer a loan and they agree to pay you back the face value of the loan on a specific date and to pay you periodic interest payments along the way. So basically just it feels like it's an IOU. Yeah, it's just who is involved in this is a little bit confusing. Yes. We, we clearly understand the major premise. A bond is a loan taken out by a company. Instead of going to a bank, the company, well in this case it is a bank, but that's fine, the company gets the money from investors who buy its bonds. In exchange for the capital, the company... It's basically like a crowdsourced loan. It's like the bank wants to raise a million dollars, so it crowdsources hmm. a million dollars and agrees to pay them all individually back. Yeah. So you steal the... a bond, you steal a piece of paper that says the bank owes me this much money. Mm. And then you can take it to a third party somewhere yeah, who will you know, then this get stuff this from value, the bank, I can give it likely. to you. You can use them as money, pretty much. Right, okay. Well, anyway, back to Esme Farquhar. Yes, thank you, Esme. Thank you for waiting while I jumped into the future and Googled bonds. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Mr. Vavasour, that's Philip's uncle. You have to spell his name. You have to spell his name. V-A-V-A, -A, Sour. V -A okay. What, S-O-U-R? Yes. Okay. Uh, so, yes, he is one of the general managers of the bank. And along this trip, obviously the bonds couldn't go unsupervised, so one of the employees had to go, and obviously trusting Philip... This was Phil. ...chose him. Phil went along the trip. He's worked for the bank for many years, entirely trustworthy, knows a lot about the branch in New York and how it works over there. Of course. It was all good. So he got on the ship, the Olympia sailed from Liverpool on the 23rd. They were given to him in the morning, they were all packed up, locked up and everything, put in his bag... And then a few hours before reaching New York, they were gone. They searched the whole ship, couldn't find anything. They just vanished. And then seemingly within half an hour of the ship's docking, they were being sold in small batches all wow. across New York. Okay, so, so he was on the boat with the things. They were put into his bag. The bag was locked up tight. Yes, I understand that was quite a process of making sure that it was all locked up, but I don't know the details. And before they got off the boat, they checked the suitcase and went, where are all my bonds? Yes. So it was missing while they were still on the boat. Yes. Um, but within half an hour of landing, they were already being sold. Mm -hmm. That's audacious. They worked incredibly quickly. I don't understand how it could have been done. No. Now, Poirot has been in the room with you uh, for all this time, but uh, as soon as the mention of a boat came into it, he sort of dipped out. He gets way too seasick for anything to do with boats. He can't, can't even, even stand on a stationary one. think of a boat. No, he's out. He uh, faints dead away. You carry him to bed and say, I've got this one. I'll, I'll solve this one, Poirot. It's easy. I arrest Phil. <laughs> he stole the bonds. <laughs> okay. Uh, am I, shall I start my investigations? Oh, yes, please. I'm about to go and have lunch with Philip. You could join us there. You could talk to him. Otherwise, 
I don't know. Oh, yeah, it's your job, not mine. Yeah, lovely. Look, I'll join you, but you go ahead. I'll meet you. Where are you having lunch? The Cheshire Cheese. The Cheshire Cheese? The Cheshire, I love cheese. The Cheshire cheese. Not making that up. That's real. I'll meet you at the Cheshire Cheese in an hour. Let me just, I got to do some formulations of my investigation first. Okay, that sounds good. Great. Get out of my office. She does. It's my office now. I, first thing I do is I go and I take Poirot's <laughs> name off the front door. I change the address. It's Hastings Investigations now. Okay. My questions are, before I go and talk to, to Phil, mm -hmm. I mean, look, obviously all of this could be a lie so far. All I've heard from is the wife of an accused man saying like, he did nothing wrong. So all of these details might be a lie, but assuming the, the rough sketch of these details is correct. I kind of, the only real question I have right now is, you know, the time frame of what he did with his bag, when he saw it, when he didn't see it, etc., And the process of locking it up. Who had keys to open it? Was he the only one? Where did he keep the key? All that sort of stuff. Those are the details I'm looking into now. There's probably something interesting about them being sold so quickly when getting off the boat. I don't know why. Half an hour they're already being sold. Like, this is not a sudden, like, someone planned this, clearly. But also, to get them off unseen. Now, I will also say, sounds like it's not, a, it's not a bulky sort of thing. It's not like a pallet full of paper. He had them in a bag. They were in a bag, but they were a... Si a they would have been a pretty sizable package. It's not something that you could stash under your coat. No, but it is something you could pick up with one hand. My guess, perhaps. Did they have wheelie suitcases back then? Uh, no. Wheelie suitcases <laughs> weren't invented okay. until 1982. Then, yes. Suitcase size max. Okay. And suitcase so, weight max. Good. So I'm getting an idea of what it is I'm looking for. It's like a suitcase full of summertime. So that's, that's interesting. It could easily be divvied up, cut into, not cut, obviously, but, you know, separated out into yes. smaller packages, shipped off the boat, disguised as ham, wrapped up <laughs> in little paper packages, sent them to a local butcher. The butcher ships them out into carts and through the back room, they get all across New York selling these. I got your ham for you, mister. How about you pay me 100,000 ham clams for this ham? And then he gets, you know, it's a whole big thing. So there's lots of ways to get it off the boat. To me, the key to investigate is, is the details of the bag, the, the timeline of its placement, all that, all that stuff. So I'll, I suppose I'll get his impression first, even if I need somebody else to, to counter whether or not he's just lying to me. Because if mm -hmm. he stole them, he'll just lie. Great. All right, let's head to Cheshire Cheese. Okay, you head to Cheshire Cheese. Uh, you see Esme. <laughs> animatronic animals in uh. the corner, just doing a little <laughs> song and dance. Oh, no, that's not Cheshire. Is that? No, yeah, that's Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. Okay, good. You see. We don't have them here. I'm going no, we're not on... big on the animatronic animals I don't think here. I've ever seen an animatronic animal in Australia. Not so much. Well, no, that's not true. I feel at some point there were some animatronic dinosaurs at a zoo. I can't remember if that's true, though. There might have just been sculptures. You see Esme and presumably Philip sitting at a table. He's not much older, like early 30s. He has a bit of grey. He looks stressed AF. And sees you and is surprised. Uh, Esme introduces the two of you and he just goes, Oh, wow. Um, well, I've heard of Poirot. But, uh, nice to meet you, sir. Uh, I'm Poirot's mentor. I taught him everything he knows. Oh, wow. Um, I had no idea that Esme was doing something so fancy for all of this. I mean, look, it is trouble, I guess. But oh, it is yeah, trouble. Sorry, I, I had no idea. By proving your innocence, we can perhaps prove who stole the bonds themselves and solve the crime and become heroes, heroes of the of the main, and then they give us the, oh, the bonds that we steal. Uh, what? Sorry, that we uh, if we solve who stole the bonds, they give them all to us. We, they, we have a 100% finder's fee. You know I work for the bank. You should understand At these policies. At least for now I case. do. I mean, I'm so worried about all of this. I have no idea. Ugh. I don't understand. 
That's fine. I, I have some questions for you. Sure. Now, I heard from your wife that you were on the boat, you were travelling with the Bonds, and this is what you're worried about, that you being blamed for their possible theft. Yeah, absolutely. It's I have heard rumour about it. It started out with my uncle telling me that I was careless about it, but now I swear I've been hearing people, other people at work, whispering that I actually did it. Oh, look, you should be prepared to be completely under suspicion. You were the last person seen with the Bonds. The Bonds went missing. Don't take it as a personal attack. No matter who you were, but this I would was searched to you. as well. Everyone on everyone and everything on the boat was searched, including me. Well, I mean, look—you could have uh, taken the bonds, wrapped them up in paper packages, sent them off the boat like ham, put them into a butcher. They gave a hundred thousand ham clams for the ham, and then you know that's how you could do it. Didn't occur to me. You got to think about it. Oh, is everyone thinking this? Literally everybody. <sighs> All right. What do you What do you want? What do you want to know? To clear your name, the best thing I can do is get mm-hmm. a good understanding of the logistics of the trip. Is what I'm interested in. Great. Now you are on the boat with the the bonds themselves. Correct. And I heard from your wife you you had them locked up in a case. Oh yeah. Could you give me the details of the process of the locking of the case? Oh yeah, it was extensive. So I went in very early on that morning. It was just me, my uncle, and Mr. Shaw. And who's Mr. Shaw? Is the other general manager. So your uncle is one of the general managers? Yeah, yeah the, so they're the two of them. Shaw is the general manager for Scotland and, and Vavasour I mean, for London? They don't like to separate it like that. We all know the Scottish one's too small to get half the resources. <laughs> so the three of you were there. Any other workers at the boat? No, no, it was just us. And so you were on the boat the morning... Oh, was... wait, no, no, sorry. That's not on the boat. No, this oh, is this in the is office. in the office. Of yeah. course, of course, of course. So you're in the office. Yeah, so we're in the office. Uh, they were all... All like packaged in the package, and right, then bundled up. We sealed them. We locked it in my portmanteau, Lovely. which sounds even smaller than a suitcase. True. And it was locked. The lock was brought in specially by Hubs. You know Hubs. Hubs. They make bespoke locks. Okay, like Chubb. Sure. Never heard of them. Well, they're from the future, probably. <laughs> Hub. Okay. So a specialized lock maker, that's yeah. really interesting. I, well, I mean, it's not a special lock, but it is a unique lock. And what way is it unique? It's just all one of a kind. Like we had our keys that could Oh, open I it. see. There couldn't be there another was no, key. No chance. Yeah. Um all right, hold on. Hub with two Bs? Yep. Yeah, like Chubb. Um made unique lock. And who had the key? Uh I have one, my uncle has one, Mr. Shaw has one. I'm pretty sure that they put theirs in the safe. Like I, mine was on me at all times. And as soon as we were done with our business, they went off, they put them in the safe, I'm pretty sure, and that was that. Interesting. Now, of course, I note here for the audience, he says there were three keys. I, it'd be nice if I could find all three keys, but also, if someone at Hub had decided to be in on this... If Hub was being, how, do I know Hub is as a respectable, like, is in this context, does Hastings or Poirot just be like, well, you can't suspect Hub. Poirot seems to be aware of them as a fancy lock company. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but someone there could have a fourth key, like another key was made. Uh, one key to rule them all. <laughs> so there could have been another key into which Hub poured his malice and his cruelty and his will to dominate all life. Sure. This is what we know about Hub. Oh, man, Hub's pretty bad. Um... But also, I don't know, I'd love to see if those three keys are still where they say they are. Mm-hmm. That's just a note for the audience. Never were these words said in a Cheshire cheese. I turn back to Phil. Do you still have your key? 
Uh, yeah, hold on. Uh, he takes out a key ring. Not an obscene one, but just goes, yeah, yeah. See, right here. Cool, and it just looks like a key? Yeah. Great. Shiny one. Pretty new, as far as keys go. All right, so you've, you've packed away the, the money into the portmanteau. Yep. Which is a two-part uh, suitcase for everybody playing along at home. It's where the word portmanteau, referring to a word being smushed out of two words, like chortle, chuckle and snort, came from. It's like two sides of a word brought together, like a portmanteau suitcase, which is two sides of a suitcase kind of brought together. Mm-hmm. This is just a fun fact for anybody who's following along at home. Yep. Oh, and I will say also, uh, so it was put in the portmanteau, uh, just uh, re-remembering again, not uh, not Danny re-remembering. I remember everything. This is Philip just re-remembering. Sure. That portmanteau was put into a proper travel trunk as well. Oh, okay. So there was one more layer of deception. We just put it boxes within boxes. We had to hide it. And it was put right at the bottom of that trunk. Okay. Under all the clothes and things. Interesting. All right. And so you... Then put that as, as your traveling trunk on the boat. Yeah, it was in the cabin with me. It was in the ca- it was in your cabin. Yeah, it was under my bed. Under your bed. Were you using this traveling trunk as an actual traveling trunk yourself? Well, yeah, you it, had, in it had clothes and things in it as well. Yeah, but I didn't need to go to the portmanteau part. Of course, of course. But would you have noticed, for example, whether or not those clothes had been disturbed when you checked your suitcase? Oh, they were most definitely disturbed after I came back from. Unclear why I was out of there. Dinner, let's say. Yeah, you went out for drinks on the boat. It's a kind yeah, of sure. I can't stay in my room the whole time. Oh. I came back. The trunk was half out from under the bed, and the portmanteau was sticking out, all scratched and cut around the lock area as they'd been trying to force it. And does it look like they had succeeded in their forcing of the lock? Okay, this is the weird part. No, and as far as I know, hubs locks have great fail safes that can't be forced that easily. Um, it was opened. It was open. The lock was opened. Interesting. And you had your key at the time? Yes. Had you had it the entire time? 100%. Ooh. It's... Okay, jumping out again. I'm into the metaverse. That's weird that you would have scratching on the lock like someone's attempted to open it, and then it is opened via a key. Yeah. If you have a key, you're not going to scratch the lock. Was it two possible attempts? Or did they find it, attempt to get it open themselves, and then procure a, lo- a key from somewhere, go off and steal it out of your pocket? Or did somebody try and steal it, gave up, and then somebody else with a key came in and stole it? This is a mystery, Danny. Mm. This is a tough one. Okay. I'm glad you noticed that question because that is absolutely what they ask. Oh, they do? Good. Because I'd ask it. Yeah. And I did. Does he have? Does Phil have any sort of explanation for this? No, he has no idea. He he is the one who raises the question. Like, no, obviously they didn't have my key. If they did, why would they have spent so much time trying to force it? But obviously they did have a key because if they didn't, yeah, how else could they open it? I mean, perhaps a super skilled picklock could have done that, but we seem to trust hubs locks. It seems to be a an accepted truth of this situation that you can't just pick a hub lock. Mm, seemingly so. Because if that's the answer, then whatever. It's mm. not a mystery. They just stole it. And so you were out. Do you know roughly how long you were out? Or do you not really recall the details? I didn't recall the details, I'm yeah, afraid. Sure. Interesting. Okay, so when, you, when we look at this mystery now, obviously motive is fine. It's money. You steal it to get rich. We don't need to worry about motive. Right? No, there's no murder. Murder and motive are much more important than, than money and motive. Money is a motive. You steal it for money. Mm-hmm. The method is so interesting. 
Someone had to... First, actually, that's a question I have to fulfill mm -hmm. while I'm going back through this. How would people have known that the bonds were being transported? Obviously, we know now because people are reporting on their theft, but surely it wasn't announced we're going to put a million dollars on the boat. To my knowledge, you are absolutely right. This shouldn't have been a well-known thing. And yet there have been so many bond robberies that you know, clearly a lot of people aren't very good about keeping them secret. But I, Philip, this is exactly what my uncle's saying. I was meant to be keeping it completely hush-hush. My uncle thinks maybe I didn't. Maybe I let something slip. And I don't know, does my body language read I'm carrying a lot of Liberty Bonds? Well, I, I mean, I'm not now. Yeah, it shouldn't now, like, hopefully. I don't see how it could have happened. And you didn't tell, say, and I and I lean in closely, your wife about it? Well, I mean, yeah, she she knew what I was Yeah, okay, she knew what I was doing. I didn't I don't know if I told her the amount or anything, but I told her that I was taking some bonds to New York, yeah, sure. Alright, so your wife may have known. Um Sorry, Esme, could you put your fingers in your ears? <laughs> We're talking about you and I don't want you to... Just put your... Could you go and um, get us some cheese? My favourite, Can you go to the says. counter and grab some... You... What do you mean you organised us to go to Cheshire Cheese? I was being sincere. Oh, okay, sorry. I apologise, Esme. Um, if you could go up to the counter and get us some cheese. Okay, Phil. Phil. Look at me, look at me. Yeah, yeah. Your wife would have known. Did you yes. tell any? First of all, did you tell anybody else? No. Does your wife love to like gossip with friends at bridge nights, like characters in these books do? No. I mean, surely you've, you've had a conversation with her. Surely you know she's not that sort of person. She takes these things seriously. That's fair. That's fair. She's very trustworthy. And you didn't tell anyone else at the office. No, not at all. So, it you... wasn't like a super secret spy mission, but it was confidential. Confidential. So, by your reckoning, it was you. The two uh, general managers, mm -hmm. your wife, mm -hmm. those are the only people who knew that you were taking these bonds to New York. Yes. Well, the New York office may have known as well. I don't York think office. it was meant to be a surprise when I arrived. And ostensibly, the thief. Well, yeah. Interesting. How did you, and this may well be something that is not within the scope of this mystery. Yeah, let's find out. How did you get your bonds... From the office to the boat. I know they were packed away into your travelling trunk, and I know that they were on the boat and hidden under your bed. Mm -hmm. Where were they in the interim? This uh, seems potentially unclear. I think it is just literally picked up the suitcase and walked, walked onto to a boat. boat. All right, that's fair. Yeah, you were near the or maybe you took a carriage. All right, but it's, uh, it's not within the scope of the story, so it's probably not going to be relevant to the mystery, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> Interesting. All right. Do I have anything else to ask Phil? Or do I go straight on to a new aspect of my investigation? And what is that aspect? Because this does just seem... I need to know about the keys. I need to find these other two keys. So perhaps it's worth going to the bank. Obviously, I could talk to the general managers, probably Vavasua or, or, or Shaw. Yeah, I would argue you could go talk to them or you could... Or could go to the boat. Yeah, pretty much. It's either the scene of the crime... Or the crime of the scene. So I think we've got a lay of the land. We know what questions we need to ask, which is what the hell happened. <laughs> <laughs> I need to find these keys. I need to investigate if there's any way I can understand more about who could have stolen it, the people on the boat. So I've got to go to the boat. I've got to go to the bank. Maybe we, maybe we start on land. 
I think I've got to go to the London and Scottish Bank. All right, let's go. Solve This Murder is created by Bill Sunderland and Danny Siller as part of the Consume This Media network. To find out more about all of our shows, you can head to consumethismedia.com. If you want to try your hand at solving this murder yourself, send your current theory in to solvethismurderpod at gmail.com and you may end up on our wall of detectives. If you enjoyed part one and you cannot wait another week for the next part and to see where this mystery concludes, our Patreon donors at www.patreon.com slash consumethismedia will have all parts of this mystery available to them right now. So if you're the sort of person who enjoys binging and just needs to hear that answer, that's where you'll find it. A special thank you to Jared, Devon and Wit from the podcast Advanced Sage Russian Shootouts for creating our theme music. And thanks to all of you for listening.